0: here walks across the dead ball line now sprints back for manly up he goes changes direction this is rugby league folks have a look at it links up with cherry evans it's still on for manly away from hess kicks in field look who's there tom Tra- i'm the big chase there
1: my goodness Hello and welcome to the
2: SC Playbook podcast proudly brought to you by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. I'm your host Tim Williams. We're back for episode four of the NRL Supercoach preseason. Here with us here today, it's a bloke who going through a bit of a tough time. We, we unmasked him a few weeks back and I mean it's Valentine's Day today. He's doing it a little bit tough at home because Spy, ever since you've been unmasked mate, you, you've been batting good sorts off with a stick down the streets of Sydney and it, it must be tough on the family. You, you holding up all right?
1: Well, That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Um, Holding up well, mate. Holding up well. Into the trials and I tell you, I'm just ready for some rugby league. Mm. I feel like sometimes the off-seasons do seem a little bit quick. This one, for whatever reason, seems like an eternity. Yeah. I think it was the back end of last year's Supercoach season that has me firing because I need some redemption after that last month and, mate, I'm ready to go. I don't think I've got any stories this week about words in my sleep or anything like that so maybe next week come back to me and we'll we'll see where we're at well mate your nightmares last week have hopefully subsided
2: but have you had any nightmares about uh to nico or not to nico because i sure as hell have
1: i think it's probably a nightly (laughs) occurrence but i've i'm standing firm no nico to start and um then we'll just cross those he did he he also played well on the weekend but i mean you've got to remember it's also a combinations game where a lot of defences they haven't played together. One, the try score was really soft. He can play, but I mean, it's a new ball game come come round one NRL. So, yeah, yeah no dreams this week as such, but always on the mind, mate. Always on the mind.
2: There are a lot of very nervous uh, super coaches out there, non Nico Hines owners watching the All-Star game because he looked bloody sharp. And to be honest, we probably shouldn't have expected anything less. Also with us for the SC Playbook podcast today, not so much a big deal batting good sorts off with a stick Because Desi's been doing this since he was about 12 years old But <laughs> Desi, it's that time of your NRL pre-season where We're just weeks out from NRL round one You're a former champion of NRL super Cage, So mate, your inbox must just be filling up with people asking for team advice How are you handling that?
3: Oh mate, as you said, fending them off with a stick <laughs> um, But yeah, no, I'm, I'm super keen like Spy um, A couple of weeks ago I came in here The juices weren't really flowing yet But... As soon as I saw a couple of floaters getting thrown by Luttrell and Cody Oof. out to Cobo, I was like, "Injected into me. <laughs> I'm ready.
2: Good to hear it, mate. Uh, and another bloke having some serious n- nightmares is Matty the water boy because last week when we were here, Saliva Havili had gone down injured. Now it's hame Sele. Bunnies are just shot for forwards this season. And I don't know about you, Maddie, but I've just about put a line through them as premiership contenders in 23. I mean, that's one... One of the most outrageous things i've ever heard i think <laughs> we, we've got big bad dave Miley. he's gonna step up this year and mate we're, we're, we're sweet don't worry about it big davey out of nowhere could just become super coach gold if those two boys are missing for a while yeah i think so i don't i'd be interesting to see like what they do because the team that they're going to roll out in round one is going to be so different to what it is what i thought like it was mm. going to be like two weeks ago so yeah, you're right. I, I think Big Dave's going to get a lot more minutes this year. You also must be a bit concerned, Maddie. Uh, Cam Murray saying that during the week he's going to, after about a month of the season, he's looking to go to Rugby Union. So, mate, he might not be come Origin. <laughs> mate, I know. Obviously, he's not going to be that short. But just Cam, just win a con with us and then do whatever you want. Do as you please, <laughs> uh, guys. The unlimited group code for SC Playbook. Come on, take, come in, join the group, take on the contributors. Prize announcement, $500 to the top-ranked subscriber to knock off our our entire team of contributors. Hopefully, Spy, you knock all of them off, so we don't have to pay up, because I won't be paying you. Nah, we we will if you knock them off. (laughs) How I'm going to do it this season, uh, if a subscriber wins, $500 in the pocket. If a non-subscriber wins, we'll go $250 in the pocket to the the winner, and $250 to the highest-ranked subscriber to come after that one. So $500 on the line. For the sc playbook followers this season on today's show oh the code for that eight four we we'll put that across our socials in coming days today's show uh nrl trial pointers so we've obviously seen week one of the nrl trials teams have just dropped for week two of the nrl trials going to do a big deep dive into those team lists on beers and break evens with the rugby league guru tomorrow so we'll just go through a few of the the key points from those sides and some interesting stuff there The all-important fixture analysis, going through the the main key points of that, who has the easiest draw to start, the toughest draws, a little few pointers around the buys that we need to be aware of. Uh, We'll continue on with our squad previews for the season today, the Roosters, Knights, Cowboys and Warriors. Paddy and George from Mortgage Choice SCW stop in for a chat. In true form, Paddy has one of the roguest takes I've just about ever heard (laughs) in my life. Uh, It's around Tommy Turbo. He's a Manly fan, very controversial and... As much as I hate it, I've heard it. There are some numbers that back it up. The man, you know, he has a bit of logic behind him. So good to talk to them. A few listening questions to wrap it up, and then, uh, boys, we'll go from there. Starting off Spire, we'll go with you, mate. Matty Person has dropped, or about to drop, the fixture analysis on the SC Playbook website. That'll be coming later this week. In-depth preview of that. You've had a bit of a read of it, and taking Maddie's analysis, you're just going to touch on the sides with the the softer and the sides with the harder draws to start the season.
1: Yeah, I can't claim the credit for this one. And just before we get to that, I don't know how she knows this, but the wife just texted me. Must have known what we were talking <laughs> about. And apparently, I was muttering muttering something in my sleep the other night. It says Blacklock ninety nine. <laughs> Look, that adds up actually. So I'll keep you informed week to week what I've been dreaming about but onto the draw you've just given dragon supporters
2: suffering from ptsd just another batch of it because it was a tough grand final that 99 one for for dragons fans
1: there is a story to that one i'll save for another day it is <laughs> an absolute belter um in terms of the draw so this is all from maddie that did this but the easiest run i'm going to break it up into the easiest run uh, the toughest run and just mention the buys. let's start with the easiest run i'm just going to mention four sides and look don't for me i don't think you need to look too far past round six or seven i think this is for the opening stanza of the competition it's the north queensland cowboys they are absolutely set to explode if they play anything like last year i mean there's a caveat to this every year in that defenses can improve of course Mm. they can combinations can improve you have those years where teams that battled the year before might come out and be okay to start the year. But if we based it on last year, the Cowboys look red hot to open the season. So you can't go wrong with attacking players from the Cowboys, essentially, especially in that back line. I've, um, I've
2: done spy there. As we'll be touching on those guys today in my, my first five rounds draw rating for them. I've got them at a nine out of ten on the uh the easy to hard scale some real in-depth stuff there
1: but a nine i I think they've got the easiest draw to start the season it's outstanding that's awesome so it just means if you're sort of maybe nervous about paying a bit extra for valentine or one of those boys scotty drinkwater even it just helps with that if it's tougher draw it might be harder to do but if it
2: was a slightly tougher draw i wouldn't be starting with Vale. because of the draw i'm almost too terrified not to own that's the biggest conundrum in my side at the moment
1: yeah uh, and he's in my side at the moment, he could be nice saying, and he could be someone you can flick on after that opening six weeks, hopefully for a profit, yeah. you know it's one of those things, it could be a decisive decision early in the season, but we'll see where people land on that. Uh, there's a couple of sides that personally I don't think are overly relevant from Supercoach Purpose, but it's St George and Newcastle, at least to start the season, there's probably a lot of watch guys on that. Uh, but they've got a good run if you are tempted to, to have a look at any of them. And the fourth one here, though, is relevant. It's the Gold Coast Titans. I believe not only the first six rounds, but I think the first 12 rounds are generally pretty good for them. So David Fafita, Tanner Boyd, if you own those sorts of fellas, um, could be just at a bit of an advantage there to start the year, which is good.
2: What I found, Spy, was that, (coughs) and it's really good because it's it's keeping sides pretty wide open early on in the season, but you, you did mention it, but... You know, the teams we regard as the best teams in the competition, you know, the top four, top eight sides from last season, all have really tough draws. And the sides with the easier draws, with the Cowboys being the exception, are generally the the bottom tier sides in the competition. So it's making it really
1: difficult. Yeah, it's probably a good thing, isn't it? Um,
2: Parramatta's a side that I'm like, you know, I like a few of their players. The Bunnies as well love a few of their players. Their draws are savage. So I, I'm just struggling to put any particularly backline players in their side. I, I dropped my uh, team reveal on the SC Playbook website today and I had Big Thompson on the wing there for the bunnies in my side at, at a slightly awkward sort of 330k bracket.
1: He's in there at the moment. Love. I do think he's a great buy, but the draw is making it difficult. It is, mate. Yeah, and throw on top of that, sides like Penrith and the Roosters have a buy within the first month. So not oh, only yeah. is the toughest draw... Uh, they've got that buy as well to consider, so it's good. It just opens things up. People might do things differently, uh, and there's probably different ways to attack it as well. Uh, this is the first time we've had this uh, probably in Supercoach history. It's been a while since we've had a buy in the NRL, so it's good. just opens up things, and no one really knows what the right answer is. Uh, if someone's done a heap of mathematics around this and has really broken it down, send it through, please.
2: I don't uh, want it. Don't, don't <laughs> overcomplicate more than we have to. A few things spy that I've had a bit of a look into around the buy, and it's it's funny when you put your team together and you're looking at the draw you start piecing together the the intricacies of the draw and where it does get difficult a few that i've seen crop up tanner boyd's in my team as it stands my latest update nico hines tanner boyd in alongside nathan cleary you have to consider things though like penrith have the buy in round three now tanner boyd is like so far from locked into that team it's not even funny like I, i think he'll be there round one he's not even locked in for that but if the Titans start slow, lose a couple of games, or Tanner Boyd struggles, Toby Sexton could come straight into that team. Brimson could go to 5'8". Jaden Campbell could go to fullback. There are so many options that could change this. So with Penrith having the buy in round three, if you're running with Tanner Boyd uh, on the bench, Nathan Cleary starting, Tanner Boyd gets dropped, you know you're forced into a trade straight away because you're down a halfback that week. Uh, the following week, the Sydney Roosters have the buy. There, I believe, along probably with the the Panthers, the most popular Super coach team to start the season. Cheese, uh, James Tedesco, Sammy Walker. There are so many good buys. Again, we'll get to their preview shortly. But starting with any more than three, particularly frontline players, it's very. I don't think you can probably have more than like four absolute max because you get to round four, you're in all
1: sorts. I think four max as well, just because you're able to. With that fifth person or even the fourth person, surely you can find mm. someone of value around that price on another side. Um, it really opens things up. Um, it's a good thing, it's a good thing. Um, I'll jump onto the worst runs early, just mm. for reference. And it's, we've mentioned it a few times, but it's the Rabbitohs, they got a tough draw. Maybe they're good enough to overcome that early from a super perspective. I mean, I guess the thing is from an NRL viewpoint though, and Maddie over there, maybe they win 14-12 a couple of times early in the season, which is great for a Rabbitoh supporter, but not necessarily yep. for Supercoach because uh, there's not a lot of points in it. we will be interesting to see how that rolls out. Parra's similar. we have got a pretty good side, but pretty tough early draw. The Sea Eagles have a tough draw end around two by, so that's a flag. Um, luckily with like Schuster, he's so cheap it doesn't really matter. Uh, you can sit him on your bench that week that you don't need him. Um, maybe it's a question mark around Turbo, but we've been through him before. Um, if you're not starting with him, that's obviously a good thing um, that you've got to back you up with that buy in a toughish draw, but he can also decimate anyone. Yep. Uh, that's interesting. And just as a side note, uh, it's Penrith, Melbourne, and the Chooks all have toughish starts. Nothing crazy, and they're probably good enough to overcome that, but it's worth noting that sorry, not the Chooks, uh, Penrith and Storm uh, have that opening draw that might just halt any explosive, explosive starts. Compared to maybe if they had you know St George and the Dolphins or something like that early, and the Warriors who maybe weren't as relevant defensively last year.
2: Yeah, the Sharkies is the other one who start this, and we, we touched on Nico Hines obviously quite extensively in last week's podcast, the the Antipod Nico or Antipod Nathan Cleary debate, and their draw just first three rounds scares me. They in you no know, I think goes the bunnies and then eels and raiders, so those first three rounds, if Nico can just average anything under sort of 85, I'll take that as a win as a non-owner if I do choose not to start with him. So my sort of rough plan without sort of getting off track too much, but I suppose just planting a few seeds in the mind that you know we're thinking about buys and upcoming is if I start with Tanner Boyd, the Panthers have the buy in round three, I think it is. Uh, Sorry, Tanner Boyd and the Titans have the buy in round five. The Sharks have a tough first three-round draw. Round four, I believe they have the Dragons, which will be a tough watch as a non nico owner. But round five, I'm hoping to flip when Tanner is out with the buy to Nico Hines then. Hopefully,
1: that'll be a good move, but again, subject to change. Desi, uh, can I jump in to me you, just really quickly? Two, mate. Uh, the reason I said that about the Chooks, I had a little note. Their first two rounds are the Dolphins and then the Warriors, which is great, but then they actually go into South Sydney of Eels and the Melbourne it's Storm awkward. that. So it does get a bit trickier, uh, but I mean, that's probably a deal with it later situation. And if you know they've got the buy coming up, maybe that's where three or four roosters and no more could be a good thing. But if you start with two, I think that's probably...
2: Round four buy, maybe that is where you flip Sam. I think you touched on it last week. Yeah. Maybe that's where you flip Sammy Walker to Nico Hines. Again, break-evens might not agree with that decision, but that's the week that yeah they obviously... The the Sharks play the Dragons into the Warriors. Or really. so well, something
1: like Dan Tupo could then maybe be flipped, flipped after, a hopefully hot start to someone like a Brian Toe after his boy. Yep. So there's options around it. Look into it and see what you think's best for your side.
2: Desi, any takes around the the weekly buys? And it's it's just something you've got to try and think ahead to each and every week. As Spice said, there's no correct or incorrect strategy, but how do you see it at this stage?
3: Yeah, I've, like you said, we, we have no idea what the, the main strategy is going to be going into... A season like this so i'm I'm kind of wary um to not kind of overcomplicate it off the bat um, i like where you guys are thinking where you're to- t- talking about turning you know players into heinz starting without him i think it's viable it's, it's always viable even a season that wasn't structured like this so yeah also kind of like like you were saying it's you, you're gonna have max four players from a team like the panthers or the roosters you can cover it you're not going to be like You know, you're not gonna be decimated like a normal buy around over origin season. You can cover it pretty pretty comfortably. So don't don't go too gun-ho on the trades early, is my thinking.
1: Yeah, just on the trades as well, don't get too cute too cute with all this, because if you leave out a heap of guys that you actually want in your best seventeen, you're then gonna have to spend a heap of trades to get get them back. So don't go mad. I think there's like everything in Supercoach, there's a balance here of how you wanna do it. But if you're leaving out six or seven guys who go, I'll get them later, I'll get them later. You still have to put out your fires, get rid of your un- underperformers, suspensions, injuries. So, for example, in my side, I've left out Brian Tore at this stage because I plan to get him later and Nico. But I don't want to start adding Cleary and Garner and guys that I want to get in later because I might not have the trades to mm. do it come the time. I think you just want a couple of those guys you can target without going crazy. Um, I guess that's important to consider.
2: Yeah, and my concern with the buyers now and over stacking from one team and the Roosters are The one that I just keep wanting to plug my my side with Roosters players is I like your approach Desi um, very used style, nonchalant Don't overthink things because us super coaches we can be our own worst enemy. Can't we
3: certainly can That was a
2: very back our uh, Insult I, I didn't mean it that way. No, I kind of <laughs> did um, but you can overthink it. However, Let's, again, I keep coming back to round four on the Roosters because I suppose it's so relevant to my team for starters, but you get those four players who are guaranteed out that week. In week three, two players come down with COVID, two players get HIAs, two players get suspended. All of a sudden, you, you're probably not going to be short early on in the year, but when so many of our players spy in our squad are, are cheapies early on, job security is terrible, so players can get dropped. And then you might be playing sort of... A guy like Khan Piera or Remus Smith, who you really don't want to be in your side, who have scored back to back to back 20s, that's where it becomes an issue. Anyway, we'll move on from the fixture analysis for now. As I said, head to the SC Paper website. Later in the week, I believe that article will be ready to go and up on site. Uh, guys, very excited to link up with Bet R for the 2023 footy season as our punting partner. They hit the market last October with some outstanding markets for their members. Uh, If you missed that, you must have been living under a rock. We cannot wait to produce SC Playbook specials of our own with them each and every week we'll start things off this week with the world club challenge i don't want to go too early on any of the trial games because we don't know the minutes of plays but the world club challenge that's one where i think teams are pretty locked in they dropped this afternoon no dylan edwards which was interesting uh so might be suffering a little bit of a niggle there somewhere but honestly i think penrith are going to do a job in this game over st helens the line is not negative 19 and a half for the panthers to win 12 plus you can get a dollar 50 for that it's meant to be 39 degrees in penrith on saturday
1: Poor old St Helens will not know what hit them out in Penrith. I think they're looking at pushing the trials back two hours on Saturday. Are they it's really? Be so hot. Yeah, so that's <laughs> a common sense decision, but still, it's still going to be hot in Penrith at 8 o'clock. I'll give you yeah, the tip.
2: 37 degrees probably <laughs> won't do much <laughs> for them either. Like, Penrith are taking this game extremely seriously. They've got every bit of silverware under the sun the last few years, barring the Cox Plate. Uh, I reckon Liam Martin would have had a stake in Animo in the Cox Plate last season. They'd have it just about have every bit of silverware in Australia at the moment so once the season does start we will have our own sc playbook specials so to follow along you can find the link to that market in any of our articles at scplaybook.com.au or in our youtube description of course it is for those aged 18 plus only remember to gamble responsibly boys let's just touch briefly on the trial teams to come out this afternoon as i said deep dive with the rugby league guru in tomorrow's Bees and break Evens podcast Desi, the, the main one, well, not the main one, we've got four or five to touch on, but Pong Ponga named to play in this trial, which surprised me because he's suffering from a little bit of a, I think it was a calf niggle, and I thought they were going to put him on ice until round one. He was a guy I was a little bit keen on at his price. Granted, I'm still hoping he gets that dual 5'8 fullback positioning, but they're pretty confident in him if he's playing this trial.
3: Yeah, they must be. I mean, I, I haven't heard much on it, but, yeah, absolutely, if he gets that dual status, lock him in, like... You have to, you just have to have Ponga. I think he's due a bounce back here, I think. Um, but yeah, only if he gets the dual status. I'm yeah. excited
1: to introduce Mon and Desi's first disagreement of the season. It's taken about one comment, which is good. <laughs> uh, Kaelin Ponga. Don't like him. Couldn't, I love Kalen Ponga. He's one of my favourite players in the comp, Super coach wise There's no way I could pick a bloke not goal-kicking in a new position with a basically brand new spine combination at times. And with his concussion history, I couldn't do it, hey. Are you – is he definitely not kicking? Well, Hastings is a very good goal kicker, so I'd suspect not. I don't have an intel on this from what I've seen. Um, If we find out he's kicking, I might flip back to you a little bit, but I couldn't start with Ponga. The
2: one that concerns me, without digressing from super too much, but it's all relevant, it's just his move into the front line at 5'8", with his concussion history, it's like – they're going to send so much traffic. All their attack comes off Caelan Ponga, especially at 5'8". So the amount of traffic he's going to get in defence, one little knock and he's gone for a month. I mean, and
1: don't get me wrong, I think he could have a really good year. Mm. Uh, and he, I actually fully expect him to play really well and he could score well, but gee, I'd hate to cop a two in round one or something. Then you've got to trade him and you're, you're off to a slow start. There'd be nothing more frustrating. Uh, I just think it's a sit and watch, put the feet up, see how KP does, see how his health is. And even then, I still won't go near him with his head, but you know, I hope he goes well. Matt Dury, named to start on the edge for the Eels, that vacant right
2: edge spot of Isaiah Papali'i, he seems to... Well, when I say give him first nod at it, every, just about every team named for the trials this weekend is... Pretty close to full strength. Anyone with niggles won't be playing, but not far off it. So one to monitor there. Spy Egan Butcher. Uh, Angus Crichton, a few off-field things going on. So we wish him the best going forward. Hope to see him back in the NRL as soon as possible. Round one would be outstanding. But for the time being, he's out indefinitely. Egan Butcher gets our first shot at that edge back row roll.
1: Oh, I'm so interested. I think, first of all, he's a true gun footballer, Egan. Uh, he could be, could be one of their best players in that pack. So... The question for me though is around minutes and just how busy he'll be on an edge if he does get that role. He obviously played in the middle a lot um, when he came off the bench which means his points per minute were up high. He's probably going to score some points, score some tries out that way. But I just for me, I think he's a nice watch if named in that position. But I tell you what, there's a lot of potential there. And he falls straight into that category of that mid-range slash cheaper back rower who can pop down to after a couple of weeks uh, if he's really... Exploring. If he's
2: named round one to start on the edge, which I think there's all likelihood at this stage, as you said, he, his base starts in limited time, enormous. So if he gets an 80-minute edge roll there, they've got Josh Wong there as well on the edge. So I don't know if he will, but that, you know, he, he may. Let's say we get confirmation that he does start on the edge playing 80 minutes. Could you start the season with him?
1: I could. My issue is what we just spoke about, and maybe he comes off after 50 for someone mm. else. And the fact that that would be another rooster in my side with that looming bye. Yeah. So in answer to your question, I actually put him in last night for a look. And it looked alright, but I, I won't start with him, but she would be a prime target after that first buy of the Roosters. Desi, Luke Garner and Zach Hoskins
2: named on the edges for the Panthers. Now, that doesn't help us much uh, in terms of finding out who wins that, the vacated role of Viliami Kikau on the edge. Uh, but Zach Hoskins played the first trial for the Panthers. Liam Martin is out with just an injury niggle, but I think expected back round one. Uh, does this change much for you? Luke Garner, are you seeing your side at the moment?
3: Yeah, Garner's in. Um, I think I'd be happy enough to just change straight to Hosking if it was him that got the spot. I think they're pretty similar sort of players, but yeah, Garner lock him in. Butcher as well. I think if he if he starts and gets the 80 minute roll, you may as well just start with him. There's no point having a cider on him. Get him straight in.
2: I will be citing Egan Butcher. I would like him. Against too many roosters. I I can't fit them. Like if I was to get Egan Butcher, I'd have to cut Dan Tupu, which is fine But still Tedesco cheese. I'm just concerned about it Uh, You know if if Josh Wong's a cheapy as well, he could be on the bench Well, Cheapies probably don't fall into this issue too much of having four or five players because you'd probably be sitting them anyway Uh, But Egan Butcher I I would just I just want to see how it plays out. I really do and then What if Angus Crichton comes back early? Does he go out to a 30-minute bench roll? you know the bench spot is probably going to go to Jake Turpin which means Brandon Smith probably spends time at 13 when Victor Radley's off the field I, I just want to see how it all plays out first by Chance Nickel clockstad pretty popular cheapy early on in the season named at fullback for the Warriors looks pretty likely to get that spot
1: good man to have I think just to start the season here work hard for you Chancey in the one jersey if named in round one yeah I, I like it i not exactly sure if he's in my side at the moment But if you're flipping between guys And you're not 100% sure on them Around that price I think he's a good man to have Just Mr Reliable a little bit, little bit isn't he? Mm-hmm.
2: Continue the watch on the Storm Edges,
1: Trent, Trent Loyero and uh, Elias Katoa
2: named on the edges uh, Again, that's just there's st- so many options there I know Tarek Sims Is in doubt for the start of the season So even if name there round one If Tarek isn't there He could come into that fold I don't know if Tarek's going to play More of a middle or edge role this season But... Want to see how that all plays out. On the Storm side, Se- Justin Olam gone for six to eight weeks, I believe. Marion Seve is out indefinitely with an injury, I think that is, or, or some sort of health concern. You know, we might get Jack Howe at centre because they're starting to run a little bit low early on. So keep, keep an eye there. Desi, <laughs> T. Wilton named to start on the edge for the Sharkies. He was impressive on the trial on the weekend. Wade Graham on the bench. He's firming for an 80-minute roll. It might be 60, but 80-minute roll. See in your team
3: he's not no but i've always been interested in him he's obviously got a bit of a super coach caliber about him he's got the tackle boss he's got the you know he can fend off people he's strong close to the line so if you think he can kind of reproduce uh you know what, what he's been doing then I, I see no problem with it what's, what's he uh cost
2: he's about know? uh he's about 480k he's really awkwardly priced Tiki's. He's one that I haven't squeezed into my side just yet. He's 493k.
3: Mm.
2: Priced on a 47-point average from last season in 60 minutes. The season prior, he was 63 minutes for a 46-point average. So I do think he needs 80 minutes. Uh, if he was around that 60, I don't think he'd hurt you. But with Wade Graham lingering on the bench, it just worries me if he comes on and spends
1: time on the edge. So he, he's another bike that fits into that, that category of mid-ranger. Could be really good, but I don't think it hurts just to give it a few weeks, wait and see Watch. how he's looking. Uh, just quietly, so good for the Sharks left edge if he does start. Yeah, that hard line he runs. I really don't know. I know there's respect for Wade Graham, but bringing Wade back on that left last year, thought it hurt him a lot. Momentum was uh good for talakai good for the left winger just good for their structures Great whole, for CIFA.
3: So. talakai yeah. he's a must have oh yeah, must please desi. A
2: you're out. a must avoid desi creek <laughs> what's what in that beer mate <laughs> in saying that if teague <laughs> yeah. wilton does start it could be good just that, as you said yeah. the hard line that he runs it's completely different style to what wade graham does he's a playmaker he catches yeah. he plays early you want just that space created for Sefa out wide, getting those one on ones and just trampling blokes. So I, I'd like to see, and we'll work this out, but I'd like to see CFA's stats when Teague Wilton started on the edge uh, over Wade Graham last year. We'll, we'll find that. We'll, we'll find that out. Uh, and spy the lucky last one, Joe Tappany named at number thirteen for the Canberra Raiders in their trial. Now that spot is up for grabs. I'm still under the impression that it'll go to Corey Horsburgh, maybe Emre Gula. Corey and I is probably the smoky there, but I think probably one of the, the other two. But if Joe Tappany does start at lock, I suppose, is there a difference to you, him starting at lock or at, in the front
1: row? I think in the old fair dinkum department, probably not. He's going to play in the middle and do mm. the exact same role, but it's never a bad thing to be named at 13. He's not getting less minutes at 13, is he? And there's a chance of some more. Um, but I will tell you, if Crichton isn't named round one, which is looking obviously likely mm. at the moment, that money for me has gone to Joey Tarpany at this He's gone Taps. Yeah, I looked at Cotter. Uh, just there's something about Taps and his back of last year that just looked good. He fit into to Desi's comment of the blokes that scare you. Um, he scares me. He's a bit, the so only front
2: row that scares you, isn't yep.
1: he? And for, yeah, that's it. For an extra 60k on Cotter, I, f- I like him a lot. It's just that concern. Start of the year, maybe he doesn't have that uh the match fitness that he will at the back end of the season mm. so maybe minutes are temp that's what i'm banking on the only yeah. thing is he's <clears throat> also coming
2: off a world cup where he played big minutes all the way through to mid-november so there'd be residual match fitness there and i don't i just hate the idea of paying 700k for him early on Ray just have a few toughish games early doesn't again, matter. just probably
1: good probably <clears throat> it probably he, is probably good. more minutes yeah but um yeah he's right in the mix at the moment pending how the old team lists come out the first oh. tuesday in, uh, in march Oh, well, that's enough there. We'll be able to
2: recap those in next week's podcast. Plenty to come out of that, especially the cheapies. We'll get a a much better idea on the cheapies for round one following these trials. Desi, let's get stuck into our first team preview for the episode, and it is the Sydney Roosters starting the year with games against the Dolphins away, Warriors at home, Rabbitohs at home, into the bye, into the Eels at home. Uh, Draw analysis, one being the easiest, ten being the toughest, smack bang in the middle for me, five out of ten. Always a tough one to analyse because there is a buy in those first five rounds, which <coughs> far from ideal. As far as their players, you could make a case for any from Des. So, James Tedesco, there's 1 to 17, I've got Tedesco, Tupu and Bolo on the wings, Joey Marno, Joseph Suoliti in the centres, Luke Keary, Sam Walker in the halves, Warrior Hargreaves, Maddie Lodge at prop, Victor Radley at lock, Egan and Nat Butcher on the edges, Brandon Smith at nine, Bench of Jake Turpin. Tyrell mate, Lindsay Collins, and Josh Wong start at the back line, mate. And do you have any of those guys in your team? As far as I'm concerned, James Tedesco, with those first two rounds is a lock and load. You could make a case for every one of those players.
3: Yeah, you could. I, th- I think we try yeah. we try to every single year as well, and probably do. Um, one through thirteen, they look very strong. Uh, I do have Tedesco. I don't have Tupo, Manu, or Suwali yet, or Polo um i'll probably try and phase towards those guys you know maybe two three months into the season i think that's when you kind of want to pick those guys up but i wouldn't fault anyone starting with any of those roosters players because they could just start like a house on fire they could start slapping 70 points on from the get-go you know the roosters have that in them so i think tedesco is lock and load put the captaincy on him he might he might be looking the goods
2: Spy, reluctant line through Joey Manu for me At 800k, I just can't pay that much for him With, I said, two nice games to start But then there's a buy there There's some tough games I just cannot bring myself to do it Who catches your eye? I believe you've got Sammy Walker on your team at this stage But, I mean, Lee at centre He's priced on about a 56-point average There's upside there He moves to arguably the stronger left edge at the Roosters uh,
1: What have you got? You know what, I'm almost glad they've got that early buy Because if they didn't I'd want nearly all of them. Yeah. Um, Marno the exception because he is just very expensive and outside of his five hundred and eighty he scored in that one round last year, or was it one ninety six or something? <laughs> uh, he was good without being incredible week Spoken to week. like a true I'm nine owner. See a <laughs>
3: yeah, there will be a regression of Joey Marley. There has to be As much yeah. as I love him, he's not gonna average over eighty. Yeah, it's a
1: it's a big scored average in that side in the centers and he'll have his big games we know he will he's so class um but not in for me uh teddy is in it, it's just us that makes sense pick what was the term you used last year desi you told us and it was something about that it's like a technical term for not out thinking the room and just doing what's obvious it's bloody clever doing what's obvious mm, maybe a latin phrase you have to have oh. a think about that. <laughs> the Occam's, about Occam's
3: razor. Is that what you're talking yeah, about? This is the best thing I've ever heard. I'm like sometimes yeah. Uh, can you explain it to us quickly? Occam's razor, it's just it's basically just saying, um, you know, don't don't try and over- overthink the conclusion. Normally it's the thing that's right in front of you. <laughs> yeah. That's, and that's gonna be the right answer. I took that
1: on board because sometimes you can outthink the room a little bit and go, I could do this and this. Like sometimes the obvious thing is just to pick Teddy against the dolphins and probably captain him. I'll worry about the rest later. I think that fit well. straight in. I'm going to learn that phrase properly for the rest of the year. <laughs> yeah. And Sammy Walker, he is. We discussed it last week, so I won't go in depth, but uh, with an eye to Nico Hines down the line there. Just a note on Sammy. I mean, A, he's a year older. B, his goal kicking was never that great and they persisted and all of a sudden he started never missing. He kicked, I link over 80% for the back half at least of last Mm. year so that's a lot of points um and in the last eight rounds last year which a lot were with kiri he averaged 73 points per game so if you could do something similar to open up the comp you'd be looking good and if he could explode with an early ton that would be huge so yeah this stage is in my side unless i get itchy on Nico, but i don't think i will um but outside of him they're the two backs from the chooks i will be starting with
2: yeah jackson bolo uh one to monitor at 457k Again, if there weren't so many other options, and then that, sorry to allude to it for the 1500th time this episode, but the round four bye, you know, you could make a case for him if he does start on the right edge where he's been named in the trial game. But, as I said, you just you, you can't have them all there.
1: Just on that as well, he's if he is right wing, Sueli played right wing last year and what, he averaged 56. So is there a reason to believe Paulo's going to average more than that? We don't I'm going to really go know. out on
2: limb and say Sueli is a bit better than Jackson Borlo.
1: Yeah, so maybe he averages – but what I'm saying is – He's priced at a pretty similar average. Mm. So is he going to average more than what Sueli did last year? Probably not, unless they change their structures. So that's what's got me scared off Paulo, but he could be someone to monitor. um, Just given that left edge dominance, though. Potentially doesn't score as many as we think he could. Spy, into the forward pack. We've spoken a little
2: bit about Egan Butcher already. Uh, Brandon Smith, the hooking position's really intriguing because... So many great options and a few cheap options. We look at Sonny Luka, who We're going to get a great look at in the World Club Challenge this weekend. The sort of minutes around him, but we suspect 55 around about 55 minutes off the bench uh, when Mitch Kenny comes off. There's him there. There's Tanner Boyd, who's an option, who's that dual half back hooker. Harry Grand owners, you know, they've got one spot locked up. Where's Cheese for you? Because he starts the season, you know, uh, what late 400k. <sighs> I've got him in my side as it stands. 478K, average, averaged 45 points in 49 minutes last season. I think he'll play between Hooker and lock this season.
1: <coughs> like, I'm, He's not a lock, but I'm hard-pressed not owning him. Yeah, he has not left my side since my mm. initial draft, I think. Just his ability to score close to the line now. He's back at Hooker more. He's going to be huge. He could score a, a double or a hat-trick at any given point, um, especially in such a good side like the Roosters with so many threats. Um, I think you mentioned in your article today, he'd be rejuvenated by any as yeah. well, like a change of scenery Got that number nine spot back um I'm thinking only good things only injured. He's not a
3: lock except he is a lock <laughs> Exactly, I reckon he's, he's, a lock. he's as
1: close to a must-have as I think there is to start Absolutely start the competition and like
2: no one's calling him a keeper by any means he absolutely could be but You know for non-grant owners the idea is he's your ticketary grant around six or seven. Absolutely. Uh, but Desi, is in your side then?
3: Yep, got him man. Yeah,
2: good stuff And anyone else in the Roosters 4 that interests you? I think we've probably touched on, on the key players there
3: Yeah, I think Butcher um, If he's if he's starting that edge spot, I'm going to slide him in for sure
2: Yep Moving on to the Newey Knights uh, 1-17, to Lockie Miller at fullback Greg Marju, Dom Young on the wings Brabham Best, Dan Gagai at centre Caelan Pong and Jackson Hastings in the halves Up front, Jacob and Daniel Saifidi Jaden Braley at 9 Tyson Frizzell, Lachlan Fitzgibbon on the edge, Adam Elliott at lock, a bench of Kurt Mann, Leo Thompson, Brodie Jones and Jack Hetherington to start the season. Great draw. Warriors away, Tigers away, Dolphins at home, Raiders at home, Seagulls away. I've got them at an 8 out of 10. <clears throat> We've spoken again about Caelan Ponga there. Boys, not a lot of great interest in this side for me, particularly in the back line there's a question coming on Lockie miller later so we'll wait for that one uh in the pack i suppose des people are looking at who's going to step up in the absence of david Klemmer and they're thinking daniel saifedi jacob saifedi do we see increased output from them and then new recruit adam Elliott, who's set to play some big minutes there any interest
3: i think elliot's probably the guy that i'd be looking at just just if he uh, if he gets the minutes he's going to be good you know that he's he's got the tackle bust ability um He's got all the the weapons that make you a good Supercoach forward whereas I don't I don't know if the Saifidi boys really have that they haven't really shown it over the years playing supercoach that they they have any massive upside mm. um, so yeah I'd be I'd be looking at Elliot um, much much more hastily than those two
1: yeah I don't mind Daniel to be honest um, But that's based on previous pedigree I think you averaged 63 and 59 in the two years before last. Minutes didn't change much, so was it just injury last year that brought him down? If it was, and he's healthy, there's no reason to think he can't get. He back was so up good to the 60. year before. Yeah, he. I think he made. Did he play Origin or he made the squad? Played Origin. He, played? Um, he can score a try, so I shouldn't mind yeah. him. But I just want to see what happened last year and has he fixed it first? That's he just didn't just look great concern. in the trial of the weekend. So I think like it's a really close watch, which is similar to a lot of the Knights guys. Uh, but he could be someone you could plug in early enough if someone's underperforming, make some cash out of and potentially change for a keeper down the track.
2: Spy, we'll get on Lockie Miller now, uh, save from going later. Priced at 593k, he averaged 63 points in 76 minutes last season. That was between the wing and fullback for the Sharkies. There's a fair bit of interest around him.
1: I don't see it. I don't hate it. Um, I'll tell you why It's he's dual fullback center i'll give him you off. pick him in the centers he runs a lot but he mm. tackle busts a lot so what you find from that if he can accumulate 30 odd in runs then average 12-ish or 10 to 15 in tackle bus which he he does yep. potentially do you're in the 40s already before anything happens mm. soft draw don't mind it in the centers uh, he's someone that could potentially slide into my side but I think I'm probably unlikely to start with him, but I don't hate the decision to do it if you want to have a crack.
2: If you're going down that mould at a similar price, I'd prefer a goal-kicking Nick Meaney for the Storm rather than – like you mentioned in there – you mentioned before about Caelan Pong and new combinations. It's going to be the exact same for Lockie Miller and then some.
1: Definitely, but – what Lockie doesn't rely upon is that running in the tackle mm. bus which automatically can get him up to that 40 and if you're gonna have try or a line break or whatever it may be could be okay but i agree I mean he's probably got that more reliability and upside with goal kicking chance to set up tries and scoring but i don't hate him is what i'm saying and he maybe is worth a bit of a look but currently on my watch list pretty hard yep
2: guys i sat down with paddy and george this afternoon had a little bit of chat about all things super coach uh, and one of the roguest takes you'll ever hear in your life around tommy travoievich so wait for this one and just enjoy it very warm welcome uh to the studio for the first time it's patty and george from mortgage choice Boy, supported us through the 2022 season and you're back on board for 2023 patty before we get to your take which is just gonna make people just i don't even want to get into it yet i'm how are you mate
4: Mate, I'm well, and I'm about to be a lot better once I get this off my chest, I'll tell you that much. And uh, you'll all be better for it, I'll tell you that. (laughs)
2: I'll be a lot better (laughs) when you get off that chair and me and uh, George can start speaking. Georgie, mate, how have you been, uh, mate? All good? Good,
0: mate, good. Thanks for having us in.
2: Paddy, let's get straight into it. Fire away with your take, and before people turn off what he's about to say, hear the man out because... You know your numbers, you tell us time and time again, and by the end of it, I have sort of reassessed my initial
4: take, uh, Far away. Right, I'll kick it off. We're talking Turbo versus Gerbo. We're talking who is more valuable for the Manly Seagulls. Now, I'm a Manly fan myself, full disclaimer, and I wanna say, this is not a question of who's more talented, it's who's more valuable as an asset to our team. Now, I'm a Manly fan, as I said, I want him <laughs> in there every day of the week. So he's 100% fit, turbo all the way but looking from an investment perspective jake is more valuable and at this point at time dreaming <laughs> yeah, if i could only choose right one to tommy or jake at this point in time it would be jake now over the past four seasons right turbo's only played 44 games out of 96 so roughly 42 percent, right jake's played 88 out of 96 mm. now that's literally double the return of tommy now, Turbo's costing 1.1 mil a season, locked into 2026. Jake's costing 900k a season, locked into 2026. So for the next three years, we're paying 200k more for Turbo with half the return of Jake. Jake. So you might go to me, Pat, well, what about well, 2021?
2: <laughs> yeah, the, the point is with, with uh, Tommy Turbo, I, I see where you're coming from slowly, but Tommy Turbo will win you a comp. Jake
4: won't. That's where you get your extra value. 100%. Yeah, look, again, it's about longevity of an asset rather than just one great return. Because one great return is not a sign of a great investment, right? And I agree with you. I mean, 2021, you know, Tommy scored 28 tries in 18 games. He pretty much took us to the semi-finals. He won the Dally M. Doesn't get better than that as a return. Winning a grand final's probably better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, mate. Well <laughs> Sorry, I'll, I'll put that down for my next theory to include all details. But anyway, won the Daliam. Personally, couldn't, I don't he, think could not he He
2: couldn't have done much more for that side that correct. year. Correct,
4: yeah. Especially with the way things started for us that season as well. I mean, I think we were down the bottom for the first five games mm. straight. Um, but, you know, if we take... Let's say we remove that 2021 season, right? And we remove Jack, uh, Jake's 2021 season then Tom only played 26 games out of 72 Mm. and he only scores 11 tries, right? So for three of those four years for uh, Jake, he played 65 out of 72 games and he misses only 87 tackles in three years, making a massive 2,700. Now I know, can't really compare tries and tackles in in league. It's, you know, apples and oranges really. But Mm. the point is that when you're investing in something, whether it be players or property, Consistency creates the value. So when you have an asset that performs at eighty-four percent, Jake, versus forty-two percent, Tommy Turbo, and Jake costs two hundred k less to hold every day of the week, Jake is more (laughs) valuable to Manly. So I put that out to you all and take it how you will. Spoken Spoken like like a true
2: numbers man. Yeah, (laughs) look, I don't hate it. I mean, I do hate it, but I I, I understand your reasoning. I can, yeah, and yeah, must have been a big day in the office today, wasn't it, mate? Yeah, mate, some hard work, some 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 real
4: statisticians at work. (laughs) I me, plus also, Jakey always does the thumbs up, which I think gives him a few extra points. In my opinion, (laughs) I love it.
2: Georgie, um, you're the good bloke in the duo. We've got through the hard stuff, definitely, mate. Yep. Uh, it's Valentine's Day. What have you got for us? Hit us with something more heartwarming we'll getting than, getting those than, minutes than that. Back in my
0: life, nah, you? Um, nah, mate. If you're like me, you need to make it up to the missus. Yep. Um, organise a holiday or something, mate. We're one-stop shop for anything personal finance. Whether it's holidays, need to get the jet ski. Um, Need to save up, get a ring for the missus, anything like that, mate. Um, yeah, because we'll, we'll
2: that's out. it, mate. Look, we're, we've you've been on the podcast before, but we've spoken about um, you know obviously the mortgage breaking side of things, getting yep. house loans, getting the best yep. rates for it, all that sort of thing. But you know, refinancing, and you can do you can do any level of loan, can't you? As you said, it could be uh, re- doing it for a wedding, doing it for your definitely, your, mate. Yeah, doing and- it for your honeymoon.
0: 100%. And not even not even that outside of personal loans as well and um, asset finance, mm-hmm. anything like that for all the tradies out there that need tools and um, even car finance, all that sort of stuff. A- aside from that, we also do yeah mortgages, residential, commercial finance. We're a one-stop shop, essentially. Yep. So, um, yeah, here to help in any way that we can to yeah. all the SC Playbook faithful, mate.
2: Yeah, the, uh, the the rugby league guru's out there listening right now and he's <laughs> about to get married. I think his ears have just pricked. So, mate, uh, <laughs> the beauty of it is... <laughs> You save 125 129 dollars. free Correct. consult if you listen to the sc playbook podcast Correct. so they can drop the code when they get in contact with you how can they do that
0: yeah definitely so um obviously main probably easiest ways through our instagram page pat and george mortgage choice um otherwise mate through any of the articles that you put up on the website um all our details and go to from there
2: qr code mobile
0: yeah. number emails
2: all of that uh boys once again thank you very much for the support of sc playbook in 2023 we'll get you back on for uh mate you're george you're looking after stats next time oh, don't bother yeah, with that right.
4: what a waste of time well, get you... me on for a regular oh, second <laughs> i say <laughs> I, i'll bring you the best theories in the
0: nrl mate. hands down yeah talk underwater with a mouthful of marbles you mate
4: boys thank you very much
0: thanks timmy thanks to cheers
2: thanks to the boys for jumping into the studio there let's move on to our squad preview of the north queensland cowboys now plenty of supercoach relevance at this side uh, boys, again, you mentioned already how soft the draw is. They're 1-17. to We'll go through it very quickly because it's almost identical to last season. Drinkwater, Tower, Lungi, Hiku, Holmes, Felt, Dearden, Townsend, McLean, Robson, Cotter, Jeremiah Nanai, Colin Hess, the new man on the edge there. May or may not start round one. They've got a few issues around their edge back rower. Jason Townlow, low at lock. Uh, Granville, Tamu, Neem and Mitch Dunn. Their 14 is up for grabs as well. That could be anyone. Desi, with their draw, that back line, the two that spring to mind are Valentine Holmes and Scott Drinkwater. And then there's a bit of a flyer on the wing there, Murray Tower Lung. He's at about 560k on a 55 average, I believe. Yeah, I mean, you could make a strong case for all of them.
3: You could, you could. Um, We saw Drinkwater and Val did, you know, last year. And um, Val, especially at the back end of last year, um, it just makes me – not want to go without him you know Mm. i saw his ownership percentage just flying up um i've never actually owned him in supercoach so i think this might be the year to start with him um he he just looks like the strongest center wing for the opening two months he's got the goal kicking you'd be you'd be kind of crazy to not start with him i'm with you
1: mate on that one i think um the reverse in supercoach to the bike that scares you is the bike that is fun to own i think that's val he runs a lot, he roams, he goal kicks, he scores tries, he, start, he offloads, he does a bit of everything and he's in my side and I'm really excited to start the year with him and just see if he can produce. Just need one of those big early tons to really justify it mm. uh, in that opening mm. month. Um, no one comes without risk and he is priced reasonably high on a 69 average but I'm looking forward to owning. Gee, he's good to watch. Even when he runs, I get excited. He's just an athlete. and oh, He's man. not in
2: my team at the moment and it's... Yeah. It's my big uh, dilemma of my side. I want him. I'm just looking at, you know, 720K to start the season, (coughs) priced on a 69 average. I said, if it wasn't for the soft draw, I'd be happy to go elsewhere. If it was at fullback, I know he essentially plays as a roaming fullback anyway at centre, but at the end of the day, he's getting less attacking opportunity at (coughs) centre. The way Scotty Drinkwater plays, like so much of their attack is just relying on stripping numbers, Scott Drinkwater, cut out ball to wing The centres get cut out all the time. A lot of what Val does is just roaming infield and finding the attacking stats, but that doesn't always come your way. He so said he's a big price tag. He had six scores under 41 last season. While he does have the softer draw to start the season by, at the same time... You know, teams are fully fit. They're ready to go. Attacking structures are, are a bit off early on in the season. It takes a bit of time to develop. I can see him potentially starting slow, and there's so much money I can utilise elsewhere in my squad there.
1: I think the answer to that is he falls into that category of if he's pretty quiet, if he goes 35, 40 the first two weeks, gone. Before mm. his price drops, I'll move that money elsewhere. Um, one thing with the Cowboys is, and this comes from a Murray Telangi owner last year for a few weeks when I tried to have a bit of a pod play. Yeah, he got smoked, didn't you? Scotty just doesn't always cut out. Fullbacks love the cutout ball, but he knows how good Val is. And so often he'll just hit him one-on-one and Val is just good enough to score. So telling he misses out on a bit of that, that oh, could change. Thanks for just shitting week. on my theory, Spy. I appreciate yeah, that, right, mate. mate. Um, <laughs> you wouldn't know it if you didn't own Big Murray last year for a few <laughs> weeks. <laughs> um, but there were so many times like, Give
2: Oh, all oh, right. Let I let let, let me know. refrain then off the back of you saying that, and Spy. I do take some things that you say on board from time to time. <laughs> right edge, cut out to Kyle felt all the time. And, it. and Hickey will be tried out. But on the left, edge you're, you're saying, yeah, he
1: might just play short to It's Val. just an anomaly, and it's probably just because Val is so good. Yeah, okay. He knows he doesn't necessarily need to throw that fizzer. Uh, he just hits Val early, sweeping out the back, and bang, and he just goes off that left foot. Thank you very much. And then converts. Reece Robson, boys, is a very interesting
2: one. A lot of hype about him early in the preseason. I think the emergence of Sonny Luke and potentially bigger minutes there and Tanner Boyd has sent people off him a little bit. Uh, 75 minutes per game last season, averaged 64 points. Uh, I think he's an 80-minute player for the Cowboys. Desi, for me, if I'm going to pay big bucks for him, I'm happy to pay the extra 100-odd K for Harry Grant. But a lot of people see it differently, and they see Robson starting at far more value and, and more upside at his price than Harry Grant. Where do you see Reese Robson?
3: Um, yeah, I think he's priced pretty fairly. Um, me personally, I'm, I'm going to go for the, the cheaper hooker route this year. But if I was going to pay up, I would definitely pay up the extra 100 and whatever it is for...
2: 678 k to start the season.
3: Yeah, the extra 150 odd K for Harry it's probably worth it, I'm thinking.
2: 130, $130k to go to Harry Grant. I'm just paying that.
3: Mm. I'm not as convinced. I think Robson probably could average somewhere close to him. I mean, he's he's just as big an attacking threat, close to the line. He can dive over, he can set up tries. We've seen it. Yeah. So with, I think with that draw, he could easily outscore him over the first two months.
1: I think there's a massive chance they made in the middle in that first month. Uh, if Robson could get in the 70s, maybe Harry's in the 70s, and they can come meet in price before you make that move, potentially. Robson was, he averaged 72 over the last 10 games last year, when his minutes were a bit more consistent. He's a very, very good footballer. I don't mind him And look I've got those Cheaper hookers in Cheese and Tanner Boyd But I think if I had to go up To anyone I'd potentially start With Robson Just for that value play Mm. See if you can make some dollars Before going to Harry
2: I I think this is For me Desi's uh, Desi's concept Of not overthinking it Like we've got the best Hooker in Supercoach For not that much more I think people are trying To get too tricky If you're running A Sonny Luke Tanner Boyd combination Or or, uh, Cheese In there sweet and you want to save that money and spend elsewhere i think that's absolutely fine because there's some really good value hookers there but when it comes to grant v reese robson i'm just does that extra
1: 130 odd though cost you getting to cleary and hines quicker you know you got to look at that mm. as well uh, i'm not saying i'd definitely say with robson but i think it's got to be considered um, and i think people are pro- he's probably a better football than people realize Reese robson i really like him um, and this is all going to come back to how does harry start the year <coughs> I think he'll tackle a lot. Will he have those attacking opportunities like last year? Time's going to tell. So, yeah, it's a big one. It's going to be a really interesting watch come those first first few weeks.
2: Boys, Ruben Codder is in my side at 6.23K. Really high on him. 57 minutes per game last season, averaged 59 points. I see him playing a 65-minute role this season. Any injuries, concussions there throughout the the first half in particular, I see him playing maximum minutes with a bit of luck, maybe a little bit optimistic there, particularly early in the season. But he did have uh, some injury niggles throughout the entirety of last season. I think with increased minutes, I know he's a front rower and he's not going to get you know massive attacking stats throughout the year and nor should you expect them. But I do think he's an out-and-out NRL star and he had one try and one try assist, which Desi, I can see him improving on. And I can see that 59-point average going to 70-plus this season. Am I being optimistic or are you with me?
3: No, I can see it happening for sure. Um, just the fact that he only had that one try last year says it all. And he's still averaging 60. So, you know, throw. If, I, I could see him scoring 10 tries a year. He's that sort of player. Um, same, Ten. With, same with tops as well. I think that th- these guys could go, for, maybe not 10, maybe like 7 or 8. Take that. 7 or 8 tries for a front rower. I mean, I, I think it's possible. I think it's feasible. He's so
1: good. Yeah, I'm a little bit worried not to own him. But in saying that, I'm hoping he's <laughs> the kind of boat that isn't going to absolutely destroy He's you. still not going to hurt your spy. Yeah. And I was about to ask you, I assume you don't have him because you've got Taps. Yep.
2: Running Taps and Cotter at the front row, I think that's a bold early play and you're leaving yourself a little bit slim for finances elsewhere. But you, yeah, so you've obviously got down the Taps route and I can see that the case to pay that little bit extra for Tappany, who is such a proven gun. But, yeah, Cotter, he must have been – as I said, taps will hurt you. I don't think Cotter will.
1: Yeah, and Cotter could just be the most beautiful selection. Though. If you start with him and does what you think he could, uh, it all comes down to minutes. If he plays 60, you'll be happy enough but maybe a little bit frustrated. If he plays 65-plus, you'll be absolutely cheering and everyone's going to want him uh, probably sooner rather than later. My only question mark on him, I thought of it today, is with that opening draw for the Cowboys, does he get early, some early rest. showers? In that first month, if they're winning easily, they're yeah, probably pushing through. But I mean, maybe they don't win easily. That's the beauty of the NRL. Yeah. But just something to consider. But I agree, he's he'd be a nice bloke to own. That's yeah. for sure.
4: Yeah.
2: Uh, New Zealand Warriors number one charms. Nickel clockstad wings. Dalen with Tenny Zalesniak and Edward Kosi at the centre. Villiamy Vailia and marcello Montoya Tamari Martin and Sean Johnson in the halves. Aden Fennell Blake Mitch Barnett up front. nia Korat Josh curran on the edges. Torhu Harris at lock and Wade Egan at number nine. Dylan Walker, Tom Arlay, Bunte Foa, and Freddie Lussic on the bench. We expect the big minute forwards to be Tohu Harris and Murada Nia in this side. There is going to be some chopping and changing mid-game on what we've heard throughout the pre-season. Between a few of those guys, Mitch Barnett potentially spending a bit of time on the edge. Tohu Harris moving to prop. Tohu Harris will be the ball-playing lock, essentially, for this team on all reports. The link man... Uh, in a i suppose uh, aside that there could be lots and chops and change of, uh, lots of chops and changes by in the early stages of the year i find it hard to make a case for many of them Murata Niakora <clears throat> is a big watch if he gets his 80 minutes and there's every chance he does on report uh, but as it stands i don't have any worries in my team Charns, if we're slim on cheapies round 1 maybe we put Chans in there at about 320k but i don't have any at the moment
1: yeah, chance is probably the obvious one that's just a candidate for your opening side. I think the Warriors are the biggest watch and wait team of the whole competition this year. There's, mm. I quite like a lot of their young players. I think I think Nia is a gun. Even blokes in the back line I quite like. That Valea could be quite yep. quite damaging. But you just want to see him put it together. Early, I mean, there's you? no need to risk it early is there and put a few in. You can sit back. If a few of them are playing well, you can pluck them out and go bang, 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 drop them into your side. But... I think you just want to wait and see how the Warriors are going early. Desi, you looking at me funny or do yeah, you agree? no, out? I was
3: just thinking, I, I kind of <laughs> want to captain Sean Johnson now. <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> <laughs> week uh, one. Um, Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> Nia
2: Cora, as I said, he's the interesting one for me, starting at 419k. Probably sits this, fits this similar billing to, say, Egan Butcher, if he gets the minutes, Teague Wilton. Genuine value. Averaged 44 minutes per game last season for 40 points per game. My issue with him, though, is that, you know, the season... When his minutes increase, I think his PPM drops. And this is what we've seen in recent years. 2021, 58 minutes per game, 41 average. Go back to 2019, 56 minutes per game, 44 average. So when he has played more minutes, the average has still sat around that 40 to 44 mark. That being said, if he does get an 80-minute roll, I think he'll be a relatively focal point of their attack on the edge.
1: If he's playing 80 minutes, he'll look good, but I think I'm happy to wait till round three to do that. Yeah, you'd wait anyway, but it's worth noting, I think he did probably cover centres quite a lot. Bit of centre, bit through the middle. And that might have just dropped his points per mm. minute. So, But there's no need to get him now. I just think it's a risk you don't need to take. So, see how it goes. And might be a warrior or two on my side, which will make and Carlos very happy uh, come round three or four. Hopefully they start well. The boys.
2: We're doing bloke in a bar regional tours, uh, the first four rounds of the competition. We're actually going to the heartland of Walson and Carlos. I think that there's a big plaque for him on the, on the sign coming into I'd town. Walsh. So, yeah. yeah, so looking forward to that one, having a beer with the big fella, bloke Tins. Thanks to Kempi uh, for the use of the studio and the use of these beautiful Tinnies as we do the show. Desi, at the Warriors, is there anyone there that, that you could see yourself starting with or considering early on?
3: Uh, pretty much only uh, I can't I can't look past him. C&A. you got him yeah i've got him uh i had him the whole year in 2019 he didn't let me down so i'm i'm hoping he kind of reproduces that sort of season bit of loyalty there yeah
1: big season just quietly
3: metcalf's got to be close he he's got
1: to be close yeah. i hope i mean dylan walker's going to be the 14 we
2: believe which makes it hard from slot in as that bench utility and he's quite versatile metcalf so it, you know I don't think they start with both of them on the bench. And I hope they don't, because if he starts playing 20 minutes a game and bumping his price up to 3 350 just being real slow burn, yeah. it'll kill a, a gun cheapy for us. But at some point, Metcalf will be full an option.
1: Fullback full halves could be anywhere, but he's, he's a talent. And you've got Estre there, who's you know, he's not Estre that he used to be. Sean's one of my favourite ever mm. players. He could be my favourite ever player in his prime, but physically he's not what he was. Um, and a bike like Metcalf could come in Or he could go to fullback And Chance goes elsewhere in the back line Center, There's a few options There the is Warriors. options good. If he's good enough He will get his
2: start And it could be as soon as round one yep. So the Warriors draw Knights at home Roosters away Cowboys away Bulldogs at home Sharks away 4 out of 10 for me That's why I'm reluctant on Chance. I want to see this new team come together. I want to see Chance lock down the fullback role again. If he kills at first two weeks and scores well, maybe for round three, but I'm just not quite convinced at this stage guys this subscription package sc playbook is available 40 dollars for the nrl package full package nrl afl bbl 50 dollars. stacks of extra content on site my team reveal went up on site today that is a subscriber only feature access to our whatsapp groups which are popping off there i've been on q and a's with people uh with the sc playbook fans there each and every week talking through the their teams their issues everything heading into round one i'll be doing that every week of the season Obviously, access to our major unlimited group prize that was mentioned earlier on and plenty, plenty more. Boys, let's punch out a few questions and then wrap it up for this week. We will start with Lloyd Clark. Realistically, can Sonny Luke score more or similar than Cheese? Probably around the same minutes to start the season. Cheers, Cooper Maker. Desi, I'll start with you. The So he's obviously looking at Tanner Boyd or Harry Grant or someone there, and this is a similar... Conundrum that I might have If Sonny Luke comes out And kills it in 55, 60 minutes In the World Club Challenge So At about 200k less Can Sonny Luke Get thereabouts to cheat?
3: Yeah It's really one. Of, that's a real tough question To answer You know Before Before we see any round one action But Has it a guess? I'd say so I'd say he probably can It just takes You know That one attacking start. You can jag As the hooker coming on Playing 55, 60 minutes So I'd say he can There's nothing to mm. Put it too far out of the question
1: he's if, capable but i'll tell yeah. you what the cheese upside is probably a lot more than sonny Luke,
2: i'm it? really hoping sonny loot doesn't come out and kill it in the <laughs> world club challenge because if he does i might have to cut harry like i might force the hand to cut harry grant yeah. and start with the other two so i just i want grant so bad and he's locked into my tent well he's not locked into my team we'll see what happens on saturday night at 11 pm when they kick off <laughs> uh spy one from Mike Rokey. With Xavier Savage eating only milkshakes for a few weeks, broken jaw, the poor bugger stuff that, would you consider Geordie Rapana as a start if he gets to the fullback role? Rapper has been named at fullback. Scored pretty well there in the past. I believe, I believe he scored quite well there in 2021 when we had the record-breaking scores. So any averages floating in from that time maybe inflated a little? What are
1: your thoughts? Yeah, I think... I think it could be pretty handy, but it's a probably a short-term play, with, mm. which maybe lacks a bit of upside. I'd probably prefer your meanie or similar at that price. But Rapid will do a job for you. You know how yeah. hard he works. He could um, have about 40 runs a game. Yeah, I think his average at the fullback is pretty good. I think it's probably worth – I might have a look at him this week in the one jersey across the years and come back to me in seven days and I'll give you a definitive yes or no.
2: Put a line through any outside backs at the Raiders if rapper does because he won't be passing that football, I'll tell you <laughs> that much. Desi, Zach Logan, is going Welch and Stefano too light at front row? He has Pele and Moali on the bench currently.
3: No, it's kind of, that's pretty much what I've I've got running at the moment. So I think it's perfectly fine if you can pull it off. Um, But yeah, Tarpany is obviously one that you, you probably want to target. He's the, he's the upper echelon gun that you'd want. But I think Stefano and Welch have both looked good. So I can't see why you wouldn't just go those two. I think...
1: Yeah. Oh, just prior to that news on Angus Crichton, that was my exact starting front row. Mm. I think the same as Desi. Just quietly, Desi, we're in a bit of a to start the year, which yeah. maybe it's a good sign.
3: Or is it a bad uh, one?
1: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll know in a month. Yeah, we'll know soon. Yeah, know. <laughs> yeah,
2: well, time will tell. Uh, <clears throat> I like it, and that's generally my approach to it. My only concern with that makeup is that if Stefano or Welch start slowly, I know you can flip them, but if it's just not quite happening, you. Y- You don't really have a great backup option between Pele and Moala, who are probably going to get relatively limited game time. Could see yourself really weak in the front row early on, but yeah, it just
1: That's what trades are for.
2: That's what that's what trades are for. for. I must
1: say, once I did put Tap Tarpani in the front row there, and I kept both of those two guys, which would be Stefano on the Mm. bench there, I felt a lot more at ease. Having one bit of security there,
2: that's what I'm thinking as well. And you say that's what trades are for. But if you don't spend much money in the front row, which is fine, and you have two weak bench players there and one of their two starters isn't going real well, when they're around 350K, you don't have cash to move up to Reuben Cotter or Joe Tarpany for an extra three, 350K. Could just get a little bit dicey it's pretty a two early. two-trade
1: scenario, isn't it? You'd have to drop someone else to get a gun. Mm-hmm. So that is a huge risk.
2: Boys, let's finish on a good one from Bullet Blair. I hope that's his real name because that's a sick name. Great question. Who is going to produce the most cash out of Boyd or Sammy Walker? because i can make such a great case for starting either of these blokes in your reserve half position i'll start with you spy i mean you've got sam walker i believe you have tanner boyd as well so it's a great question for you if you could only have one of them who do you see generating more cash
1: yeah i do have both let's say sonny luke does come out come out this week and kill it Mm. i can flip tanner boyd back to the halves but it would be the expense of sammy walker I prefer to own Tenor Boyd to start the year. There was a little whisper around maybe he doesn't goal kick today, so we'll get to the bottom of that. Yeah. Assuming he's goal kicking, I'm really happy to own Tanner Boyd. I think he's a really good player. I liked what I saw of him on the weekend. He had a few repeat sets. He runs the ball, he tackles, he goal kicks. At that price, I think he can lock in some decent points and plenty of price rises, whereas Sammy Walker needs to really kill it too. So I think just in the money-making question, it's tenor Boyd for me.
2: Couple of easy tries, for Tana as well. If big Davey Feta pulls his finger out of his you know what, that's it. He was like, I don't know, not convincing week one. Just on
1: Fafeta, it's worth discussing. I watched him pretty closely in mm. the Sunday night trial once everyone went to bed, put the feet up, it was good. She thought he looked all right. He had 10 carries for 120 odd metres. Uh, his first trial, he was actively seeking the ball, had an eye on him. He, he blew up a few times. They punched him a couple of times out of dummy half, which they never did last year. I didn't mind it. He wasn't busting tackles at will, but it's the first one, trial. One tackle bust. <clears throat> was it? Yeah. In 11 runs. Uh, but, I mean, it's the first trial. It's, it's about getting your, your feet under yourself. Um, I, di- I didn't mind it, put it like that. I've got him on my side, and I don't think
2: he'll leaving, but let's, it didn't reassure me. Boys, let's wrap it up for episode four of the SC Playbook preseason podcast. Desi, thank you very much, mate. Cheers. Cheers. In Spite, as always. Cheers, boys. Righto, guys. Thanks for tuning in.